Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and today I'm going to be answering a question that came in from Hal. That's just the Instagram name and they did not leave a message. But anyway, hey guys, thanks for all the great content. I've only recently discovered your podcast and have been listening from work daily ever since. So obviously someone who's really committed, been listening to a few things and the question that's going to come, it's very long. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of read through it real quickly and give you a couple of um, couple of outstanding sentences that are important and we can kind of delve into it. And I do get this question quite often with my clients and the answer isn't always very straightforward. And of course, just like all the other Q&As that I do here, I haven't met the dog. I don't know anything about the dog. I don't even know who this person is and where they're from, where their level of, um, where the level of training is with their dogs and stuff like that. So, um, I'm going to, as always, give advice general in nature and then you can apply it to you. And of course, answering my question to, to Arhal, I, um, I hope this answers your question. So questions regarding the 2020 structured walk. Let's quickly talk about that. The 2020 rule is if you were to walk your dog for one whole hour, you should walk your dog for 20 minutes on a loose lead, typically on the left-hand side, dog's not pulling, dog follows general commands. And we do that 20-minute walk where the dog has to be thinking about the rules and the boundaries and it's a little bit more fixed. And then when we get to the park, we put the dog on a 10-meter long lead so they can go for 20 minutes to pee-poo, play, sniff, have fun, do what they've got to do. And typically for my dogs, it's an opportunity for training and training usually for the ball or for the tug or something similar. Or it's just for my dog to just go around, sniff the ground, um, lay in the sun, say hi to a dog if it's appropriate, things like that. And then we do 20-minute structured loose lead walk back home. And that loose lead walk is always on a short lead, so we reserve that long lead only for when we're in the park. We did a whole episode on this. Sorry, I'm pretty sure it could be episode six, but go right back there and we go into more detail about that. So the question is about their dog is reactive to other dogs, something that they're working on, and... And she has to walk past. I'm assuming it's a she. I'm sorry. It could be a he. I really apologize. Um, so I'm going to say they and um, walk past a lot of dogs in order to get to my local park. How would I manage that? Because I want to. I want him to get to the park, but he's pulling like crazy. And if you walk past dogs, isn't that reinforcing the reactivity, reactive behavior? And um, how can I do this 2020? If um, if I if you know if she you know if they don't want to be able to create their activity there's, there's so much to just that part of the question also once i do go to the park it's an open area he doesn't seem to enjoy or relax or don't know even if it's any beneficial for his state of mind would it be a i apologize i should put my phone on silent would it be in the case of just getting the 20 minutes up and down the street and then do some 20 minutes in the backyard on the long lead and then 20 minutes walk down the street again and I'm an aspiring dog trainer um, so gaining a lot of experience fostering dogs and I'm going to run into this problem a lot and I really want to fulfill their needs I'm currently fostering one year old cattle dog mix there you go there's a breed such a clever dog we've learned so much together already 
We're going to get this productive energy out. Thanks so much, etc. All right, cool. So let's delve a little bit into this. Now, when it comes to reactivity with dogs and when your dog is trying to lunge at other dogs, when you're walking down the street, is that going to react? Is that going to reinforce the behavior? Well, it kind of depends on what's happening. Now, it depends on how far your park is. See, the park could always, could be five blocks away and you getting to the park may be such a big mission that you may not be able to even get there because you're dealing with the technique. So the first thing I would say is when you, when we're dealing with reactive behavior and potential aggression, lunging at dogs, if your dog's in, insecure, feeling, um, feeling threatened, feeling fearful, and you're struggling with the loose lead walking and you're trying to, you know, you're, you're aspiring to become a dog trainer. That could mean many things. Um, it still is worth getting some professional one on one help. If you're struggling with this now, there could only be like, you know, day three of this and it just takes some time to be able to develop the relationship, etc. But, um, but not really. If I'm walking down the street and I know there's a dog coming, I would like cross the road, maybe make that space and practice the technique, get that focus on you, you know, work on some obedience. Now, you know, what tools are you using? Do you have food? Is the dog food motivated? There's so many different things of what's going on in terms of will the dog respond to your technique? Now, yes, of course, the dog lunges and barks and the dog goes away. It's like, haha, look what I've done. But what are your options? If you're practicing your training, then don't go on the walk at all until you can get it under control. So maybe only working with your training, you know, like three or four houses away from your house and your dog, and you just do many small repetitions, sorry, many small sessions and keep the reps low so that your dog feels success. And that's how they get their breakfast, their lunch, their dinner. And then you can practice this. And then eventually you can get further and further. You start to see dogs. And again, you can refer to the reactive dogs episode. And there's like many other episodes of, of us kind of explaining and going through many similar sort of situations. But I would say is make your walks not about this big thing that you have to get somewhere. I would say, well, if you're struggling to even just walk down the street because your dog's seeing lots of dogs on your street, then I would that, that would be the dog's outing. Now, again, you've got a cattle dog. The dog's not really running around and needs some time to run. So your alternative could be, well, I'm going to chuck him in the car. I'm going to drive towards where there's a park and the park may only be you know, let's just say you park a half a block away and you practice your training. Now, maybe you don't do 20, 20, 20. Maybe you want to do many shorter repetitions. Um, sorry, I keep saying repetition. Keep doing many shorter sessions and keep the reps low so that you can finish on a positive note and then go back home, for, it's a, for example. But something to think about would be, well, how about I do two half-hour walks, and instead of doing 20, 20, 20, I'm going to make a 10, 10, 10. And I'm going to do 10 minutes. I've, I've, you've driven close to the park. The park's just there. So you get out of the car, you practice your commands, sits and down, look at me, practice your loose lead walking, all the things that you need to do, you know, working on the name game, maybe whatever you can do on a short lead. And then you've gone to a little nook of the park where there's not much going on. You put the dog in the long lead. Does, does a dog like the ball? Does he want to play tug? Now, is he so... You said that he's a little bit nervous and he's not enjoying it. So it would it be just a matter of giving him, putting him on the 10 meter lead, only holding him like five meters of it and just hang out and just chill out. Maybe reserve some of that food that your dog would not get from the bowl, but comes from training is, Hey buddy, we do training here. We practice some recalls, some downstays, you know, and just kind of make it, make it a bit of a structured activity for a couple of minutes, hang out. Maybe do a little bit of play, rub down, maybe a little massage, you know, just giving it, a, giving your dog a bit of a break. So the point of the 20, 20, 20 rule is that you want to be able to give your dog a break from the structure of the walk. The structure of the walk can be pretty, 
you know, um, heavy for a dog that wants to run and be free, you got to go, hey, buddy, you're on the short lead. I know that you want to sniff over there and jump over there and jump at that dog and do everything else. But while that short lead's on, I need you to do this. And we don't want to be tyrants to our dogs, so we give our dogs a free some free time so they can be a dog and get some of that physical pent-up energy out of your system, and then we can do that structured walk back home. And then, of course, over time, your your rigid nature of your of your walks become a little bit more loose. So I'll, I would admit that my walk is always going to a park. I like walking to a park, different parks. I like to be in nature. There's a bunch of different reasons why I would do it. And I need to go to a big green space so I can throw the ball for, for one of my dogs who's high energy, needs to get the energy out. So um, so me going to the park gives me that opportunity to give him that. But my walk up to the park, my local park, my dogs are off the lead. They follow me. They stop at the road. They, you know, they don't cross until I tell them to. They stay next to me. So I don't have to be so strict because I've already created that discipline and now I can have a bit more of that freedom. So um, so that's something else to think about. Like, what's the point of the 20-20-20? It means that you're giving your dog structure and freedom all at the same time. Just like when you go to work, you work hard, you have a break, do what you like within reason and then come back to work. And that's kind of the the essence of it. So maybe drive closer to the park and then hang out and give your dog that free time. If he doesn't want the free time in the park and he's really shutting down, then maybe you need to take a little bit more time and you need to build, build a little bit more value and working on all the desensitization and the counter conditioning that's necessary for out on the walk. So, you know, it sounds like he's a young cattle dog and I can already imagine a bit of a picture of where, what he's feeling and how he's acting. You need to create more relationship building and engagement on you when you're out walking and not about what's happening out in the outside. And as I said, if it means that you give your dog five or six sessions – and that's how he gets the rations of food throughout the day. Or if he's very food motivated, then, that, then you're just going out there and doing some quick little training sessions and then coming back inside and then playing tug or, or, or ball in the backyard. Then, then that's how you can start to gradually build up a bit more confidence so you can get further. But again, I don't know how densely populated your environment is, how many dogs are around. So maybe you need to set him up for success and drive somewhere else where you can have a little bit more of a free walk, where you can slowly build the um the attitude and the behavior that you're looking for without setting your dog up for failure um and your long lead is basically giving your dog some freedom with control so if it means that you do some long lead time in your front yard again i don't know how big your, your yard is you can still do some of that but going for the walk for 20 minutes coming back into the backyard and then walking again it's kind of counterintuitive what i would probably do if that's as if that's what you've got to work with, then I would say get out, do what you can out and out in the street. You see your dog, focus on me, mark and reward and just make it really, really repetitious at first. Like bring it all down because I would agree maybe setting him up for failure and going too far could be um, could tip him over the edge. And by the time you get to the park, you, you're also fed up. Your dog's all adrenalized and, and, and over threshold that being in the park may, may be a, not a desirable situation. But in saying that, again, with, let's say, the picture in my head is that my dog's reacting and there's dogs behind fences and we have to walk past these dogs. I would walk down the street. I know that the, the house is coming up where the dog is um, highly reactive and maybe there's a dog across the road that does the exact same thing. So maybe walking along like on the side of the road, you know, trying to get past it, trying to work around it and 
you know, I think sometimes we can become a little bit too reserved. We're like, oh, he's going he's gonna to react and it's all going to be the end of the world. I would say we walk down the street, a dog, German Shepherd comes out, bark, bark, bark. And then, you know, this dog Rex, for example, starts reacting. You got your slip lead on, you got your martingale, whatever it is that you're using. You, you, you manage the situation, go, hey, knock it off, focus on me. Come on, check in, check in. Your dog can focus on you. We can get past it. Don't look at Every time a dog reacts, he's reacting, and that's a bad thing. It's certainly not desirable, but I would say, but how quickly does your dog recover? And have you noticed in the last week, your dog recovering from, recovering from these situations less and less? And then in a month or, or two months' time, there may be a reaction to every third dog, and the, re, and the recovery time is only 10 seconds compared to reacting to every single dog, and, and the recovery time is five minutes. So sometimes you think you're failing, by your dog still reacting, but you don't look so much at the reactive, the reactive behavior, the lunging, the barking, the growling. And I would look more at, but my dog can check in a lot quicker. And, and then in three, four, five months time, we're walking down the street, the dog's ignoring and focus. Again, this is like the love story. This is the, the textbook sort of the theory of, of dog training is at first there's, there's, a conditioned response that we don't like and we slowly, slowly should change that conditioned response so that we can teach a dog what we want them to do. But the only way to do that is by, or the only way to desensitize the dog to the environment is by being in the environment. So if your park is three blocks away and you're being a little bit precious, and again, don't, don't take offense to that, but maybe you just need to get another route to that park. And when you're in the park, make it more engaging, make it more valuable so that your dog does see the value in it. Because the point of the long lead is that your dog can just be his natural self and not have to be always restrained on a short lead. So if it means that at first you start with a short lead and you do many short sessions outside and then you just physically drive to a park and then give him some free time or you do your free time in the backyard and then eventually you can get to a point where you can achieve the 20-20-20, maybe use the 20-20-20 as more of a goal to achieve rather than something that you should be doing today. And hopefully I've given you a couple of things to think about. There may not be like a direct, this is exactly what you've got to do, but things to consider and not to be so caught up on, yeah, but he reacts and, and now we got away with it. Again, I don't know. Are, are you punishing the behavior? Are you telling him, hey, stop it? And then he stops. Are you using pressure to get your dog to focus? Are you getting your dog to sit every time a dog walks past? You know, you're living in like the middle of the CBD where there's like absolutely dogs everywhere and there's no way to get around it. Um, these are the things to consider, especially if you're fostering the dog. Then maybe it's like, look, this environment's not the best for him. Um, we either change where we live or we change where the dog lives. But every single time we leave the house, it's a big issue. That's where you should get somebody to come in. And, and I, I certainly, um, would give the advice that if you're wanting to become a dog trainer and you should have a mentor or somebody that is helping you directly, and I'm happy to help you as well if you want to, you know, engage more on more on a, on a personal level and we can, I can kind of help coach you whether you live in Sydney or we have to do it remotely. Um, I do prefer with situations like this that you do have somebody one on one. So you should either have like a mentor that you're working under or a trainer that you can consult and higher so that you can continue to improve your skills because doing it all on your own and just winging it will develop some good experience for sure. But um, how many dogs are you willing to screw up to get there? Where if you can have somebody that you hire and see, there's another thing as well that people, you know, um, 
come to me, they say, oh, you know, you're, you're too expensive or your rates are too high, which I don't think they are. I think my price are pretty competitive. Um, and they're pretty reasonable. But for example, you know, oh, you know, you charge X amount and you're, you're not hiring that trainer at that much an hour. You're hiring that trainer for the 10, 20 years of training they've done packed into the hour. They can see a few things that you're doing is like practice this. Hey, you should probably think about that. Have you considered this practice, this technique? And you're like, oh my God, that just saved me six months of not only doing it wrong, but then your dog performing all the behaviors, getting away with whatever it is that he wants to do. And that it does certainly reinforce the behavior. And then you're kind of getting nowhere, making things potentially worse. And then you're in a position where you still hire somebody to help you anyway, and which could have been done a long time ago. And if you're a dog trainer, that's, you know, that you're, you're wanting to become one then you've just added more tools to your toolbox and it's an investment rather than a choice. Now, look, you're listening to the podcast and you've been enjoying it. So hopefully, you know, maybe I am assisting you in one way or another. But, you know, there's limitations through talking to a microphone and you listening to it in, in your headphones in terms of what you can apply. You've got the concepts there, but um, but something specific like this, especially when it comes to like reactivity and fear and potential fear aggression, um. It, it can get a very slippery slope where you're just trying to outsource it just through content. I really do think that you need somebody there and, um, to, to work on the actual issue is the, the insecurity around being around other dogs. And while trying to deal with that, you want to fulfill the dog's needs. So I know it can get tricky and it can get quite frustrating and it can also get pretty complicated, but you've got to start somewhere and you've started somewhere. Try to look at. Every single time we leave that house, if it means that we leave out there eight times a day and that's where it's a significant part of the dog's day where he gets fed, it's where your training is important to him, then I think you can start to um, achieve your goals. But again, depends on your technique. So I'm going to leave it at that because there's so many different rabbit holes that we can go down. But I hope I've answered your question and I hope anyone who's listening hasn't thought of that question but it was something that they were um, having an issue with as well. I guess the most important thing is that you want to you want to give what is appropriate to the dog that you're that you're looking after. But I don't want you to make things worse by trying to do the right thing. You know, like for example, if all right, I've heard exercise is great, it's good for you. So I'm gonna I've never exercised before, and I'm gonna smash it out next five days hard out at boot camp. You're probably gonna break your body trying to do the right thing. You're gonna stress out not being able to commit, and then you don't do any of it. So it's kind of better to take those baby steps and slow, steady steps towards your goal. Use the 2020 as the goal rather than the thing that you should be doing today. And um, and I think driving closer to the park. And and you utilizing that as a bit of a technique, as, and that should be along with the whole routine from leaving your house because leash on front door, go out the front yard, out into the street, that process winds your dog up into a behavior where if you put the dog in the car and then leave, you've changed the, the sequence of events and your dog may not wind up to be the same to be as over aroused as possible, um, as usual. So even if you did heaps of driving away and doing training somewhere else and coming back, it may not directly relate to you leaving the house and going through that whole process. That can be a little bit complicated, um, to, to, um, to explain. Maybe that could be a whole another episode as well. So um, I highly recommend and advise anybody who's got a question. I love, um, hearing your questions and any of your feedback. So, um, hit me up. 
on Life With Your Dog podcast, we can go through either it's um it's a monologue like me um, talking to you on the other side or whether it's me and Luke going into a little bit more detail about some of these questions. But um, it's really important that we get as much feedback as possible so we can continue the show. And I do really, really um, ask a favor if you can go into Spotify or iTunes and like and rate um, or review our podcast would be really cool. And I have heard recently that on iTunes, you can do that for each individual um, episode. So if you can go into this episode through iTunes, even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, and you can just give us a thumbs up and maybe a little comment, a bit of a review on, on some of our episodes, that really helps the algorithm, gets more people listening. And because people wanted to find the show, but you can't find it. There's a sea of information out there and it's a very competitive um, place to be. We're still trying to be as consistent as possible to get get the show out and get a, get an episode out a week. Do apologize that there is a bit of hiccup here and there, but you know life gets a little bit crazy and and we've had a few things happen at home here where it can be hard to kind of commit to some of those episodes. And sometimes we record it, but it didn't work out so well, etc. So um, we're doing our best and show us your love because hearing from any of, of from all of our listeners is always a joy. Anyway. I hope you guys have a great day. It's my time to go feed my dogs and go take them for a walk. So until next time, you guys have a great day and train your dog. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips, and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website, npdogtraining.com, or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, .com.au. I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna K9 Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.